Welcome to CrossFit Versus Pregnancy, the podcast for the first time or new fit mum who's looking for reassurance and guidance about training throughout their pregnancy. I'm Misha, a coach who went from competitive bodybuilder to crossfitter to expecting first time mum all in 18 months. Having searched through what feels like the entire web for do's and don'ts, I realised that the best way I could prepare for a CrossFit baby would be to speak to those with first-hand experience and share mine week by week. From coaches to athletes, new mums to veteran parents, you can follow my CrossFit pregnancy journey as well as learn from those who have successfully lived through it. Hi everyone, welcome back and welcome back to me too because it's been a little while since I have actually done a recording. Thank you for your patience. I will go into a little bit of detail about where I've been but not before I reintroduce our wonderful in-house ex-midwife Charlotte. Hi Charlotte. Hi, how are you? I am massive. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) How are you? <laughs> I'm really good, thank you. Very good. busy, but really good. Oh, good. Well, yes, that's been my answer for the last week, I think, because I've really noticed my size now. And I know that sounds really silly, but it's more just because there would be days and weeks that would go by previously, maybe two weeks ago, where I'd kind of forget that I was pregnant. I'd just get on with, you know, everything and just whether I'm busy with work or training, knowing my limitations, like I, it would just, days would go by and it wouldn't even cross my mind. But now everything is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you walk past something and you're like, oh, I can fit through that gap and you're like, oh, uh-huh. I can't. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's definitely one of those things. But yeah, I mean, I'm still not exhausted and fed up. Like I know a lot of people have shared with me that they that they've got to or that we will I will get to at some point but I yeah certainly just feel huge (laughs) and in my and less mobile and less capable and a bit more frustrated by that I guess I, I that I would be lying if I said that there weren't moments of oh for god's sake like I can't yeah and the main one being I can't turn over in bed very easily that is so annoying like I literally have to sit up to turn over um yeah yeah. ladies out there if you've had babies or you're currently going through pregnancy reach out let me know if you feel the same it is getting up in the morning I mean getting up for a wee in the night without trying to interfere with your partner that's asleep next to you is pretty impossible to be and honest trying to get comfortable when you yeah, get bed exactly. to again. <laughs> yeah 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 so that's as that's as uh frustrated as i'm getting at the moment but um i can't complain still i really really can't um but yeah i think the, i wanted to not that i have to justify why i haven't been around but A couple of weeks have gone by unintentionally and the first week that I didn't record was I was just so busy. Work life um, has really just been manic and I thought to be sensible this was one thing that you know as much as I love recording editing takes quite a substantial amount of time so it was one thing that just needed to take a bit of a backseat and then unfortunately I came down with what everybody seems to be having or getting at the moment with just the most horrific winter cold. And what I wasn't prepared for is I'm someone that stays busy if I've got a cold, you know, unless I've got a fever and I need to be in bed, then I'll just crack on and keep doing stuff, walking my dog, probably won't go to the gym, but you know, life, work, etc. But oh my God, not being able to take anything except paracetamol, having a cold, made me realise how much cold and flu remedy actually really helps. <laughs> I can't say I've ever thought about it before myself because I've not ever right. been pregnant. I've exactly. never had experience having a cold and not being able to have like night nurse to make me sleep. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, everyone has their own way and I know a lot of people don't take, you know, 
over-the-counter medicines and things like that and fair play to you but I'm someone that because my life is busy work home dog you know everything else I'm I can't afford to say I've got a card I'm just going to sign off for a couple of days like my dog still needs to be walked I still need to work and get back to my clients etc so I guess I do just dose up and don't realize how much they help because Jesus when I got this cold I just felt like I was dying and I know that sounds really dramatic and it is because looking back I wasn't dying but it was just it really shocked me how much they help um because I like you I'd never thought about it before um so having then sort of <laughs> at the time I'm better now but at the time went to my pharmacist and kind of <laughs> almost in tears of please give me something that will help Begging me <laughs> um the pharmacist just said look there's just nothing because although there is no proof to show that most ingredients don't have any adverse or dangerous effects on babies because there is so little um research the risk is too high because what if something was to happen? That's why pharmacies don't want to say this is okay or that is okay. Yeah. Um, which I totally understand because yeah. I was doing some reading online in my desperation and one um, a medical site cited that um, no nasal sprays shouldn't go into the bloodstream um, if they do only a tiny tiny little bit so if it's more just for congestion that should be fine so I kind of went and had a look at them all and went and opted for like the most natural possible Did you get product the, like, the, sea, the sea spray one. Oh no I've got the that and that's just like salt water basically. so that's that that would be fine of course that would be fine but Does that's useless no no yeah. no no I already had that at home so <laughs> I went for the next option which was there's going to be an element of medicated but the rest of it is kind of like um an oba soil type thing so it was uh, yeah you know still very natural but there was still a little bit of a decongestion but compared to other products it was so minimal I was like I've definitely nailed this read all the leaflet went over to the pharmacist and I was like please tell me that this is okay for me to have in pregnancy because the leaflet actually stated if you are pregnant or breastfeeding consult your pharmacist it didn't say you can't have it or it said something like use sparingly. You know, it wasn't a no. It was yeah. maybe speak to someone first. Anyway, I went up to the pharmacist and he was like, I'm not going to tell you yes, because then if something goes wrong, it's my fault. And I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. This. So so you're telling me no. And he was like, yes, I'm not. I, you, I'm, you shouldn't take this. Oh, for God's oh, sake. Exactly. It gave you such... Like, so much hope. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, then he said, look, you know... I appreciate that it doesn't say no, but because I am stood here giving you the advice, I don't want to say it's okay because then I am liable, which I totally yeah. understand from his perspective, but I felt like it was just a little bit too safe. And, you know, it's not like I'm in the first trimester where the baby is in the developmental stage and everything's a little bit sketchy in those times, isn't it? You know, I'm at yeah. a point now where the baby is grown, the brain is developed. just gaining weight. There's a bit of developmental stuff, but nothing, mm -hmm. none of the serious, yeah. serious organs. Yeah, so anyway, so I left with a complete drop and um, suffered for a few more days, n longer than I would usually, I would say, because when you take this cold and flu, I think the best way for me to do it, to think about it now is it just takes off the edge, doesn't it? Like if you've got a headache, yeah. if you're feeling like really bunged up, it takes off the edge. So when you're at the end of a cold, if you still take those medications, it takes that edge off so that you feel like you're pretty much better. So for me, it just was the length of time that I felt unwell it was so much longer than it would be normally because I didn't have the medication to help. So yeah, Don't it sucks. It may also have been because you're pregnant that it sort of lingered a bit yeah. longer than normal mm -hmm. because your immune system is lower where you're True. pregnant and your body's working much harder. You tend to get a lot more congested in pregnancy full stop. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of women say that they get a lot more nasal congestion in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So it could have been a mixture of both yeah. Normally you just take drugs and carry on as if 
it, as if there was nothing wrong, mm-hmm. but where it was a mixture of pregnancy and not being able to actually take anything to make you feel better, mm-hmm. that might have been why it felt even worse than it may have done before. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I definitely think you're right to take a break. And I know for you that's difficult as well. Oh, a person that just powers on through everything. I think um, you know what so, yeah. because because there is another reason for me to take a break now. It isn't just me. I've also got to consider the baby growing inside yeah. me. It's a lot easier for me to say, okay, I need to do this now. Like I'm not just running myself into the ground. It's potentially yeah. going to affect the baby. So it is easier, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating. No, and... not at all. mentally, like it's still, <laughs> it's still a battle. Yeah, completely. So, so, but we're, but I'm back. And I think something that would be really sensible for me to say in an episode is I'm not going to promise that I'm going to be here every week from here on in. I'm 33 and a half weeks pregnant. Um, things might change, whether that be the baby comes early, it better not, but you know what I mean? Not um, yet. A few no, a <laughs> few more weeks, but you know, life, um, tiredness whatever it might be so please please bear with me if there isn't an episode on a weekly basis there will be more episodes but I'm not going to commit to saying I'm absolutely going to be here every week and that's listen to me being all sensible and grown up uh my my I'm actually really proud of like how much your mindset has changed and like listening to the other podcasts and how much you've sort of opened up about realizing that it's okay to not push yourself mm. through those limits that you would have done before. Yeah. No, it's thank you. And it is it is the best. I, I'm I'm not I'm not into kind of I don't know, treating things like an Instagram reel and saying, oh, you know, life's a journey and all that. But this pregnancy has been a real journey for me in in a positive way, in so many ways. It's taught me a lot about myself and what I'm actually capable of doing. And one of those things is taking a step back and actually the world doesn't stop and life doesn't stop. And, um, you know, I, I think I've always said on here, my partner Ollie is probably the most laid back man that I've ever met in my life. And I've definitely become less uptight, less concerned to be on time and being organised since knowing him. But he is still the most laid-back man in the world and I am not (laughs) as laid-back as him. But again, something that I have definitely noticed is that I have been able to switch off more and be a little bit more Ollie. I think everyone should be a little bit more Ollie, to be honest. Love that. Only with the laid-back thing. No, I'm joking. Um, So, yeah, no, but I'm absolutely fine now. And um, something else that I was actually going to run by you, and I wonder, because you, I remember when we first started this, you explained that you started as a midwife um, for the NHS when COVID really was at its worst. And um, so being pregnant, I have been, it was suggested to me to have a COVID jab even though, I mean, actually I have asthma as well. So I am in more of a high risk category. So I would be eligible soon, even if I wasn't pregnant to have the fourth um, vaccination against COVID. But was told, you know, because you're pregnant, you now have two reasons. So you're in a high risk category, so you should be eligible. And I was sort of sat around waiting for to hear from them to be, you know, to book your appointment, didn't hear anything. So I just logged on last week. And one of the first questions it actually asked me when putting in my details was, are you pregnant? If you're pregnant, you are eligible without any other knowledge of who I am and, you know, my um, health history. So what I wanted to ask you today, Charlotte, was um, without going into the concerns, because I'm not worried about having a vaccination whilst being pregnant, I want to look more at the positives and how that might help me and help my baby And why being pregnant, is it important for us to have these seasonal vaccinations? I've also had my flu jab as well. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) I am, I'm a massive advocate for vaccinations. Um, So it's important to have vaccines in pregnancy generally. And the ones that you will get offered is your whooping cough and your flu jab. And 
it's not only to do with the protection of yourself whilst you're pregnant. You are a lot more susceptible to catching viruses whilst you are pregnant. Sort of like I've mentioned when you said about your cold. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. your immune system is lower when you are pregnant, you're a lot more likely to catch things like the cold, the cold, the flu, even stomach bugs. Um, and that's part of the reason why some foods are discouraged in pregnancy because yeah. you are more likely to catch these things yeah um and when you're pregnant if you do catch something it's more difficult for your body to get rid of it and you're more at risk of developing complications from it mm -hmm. so if you caught covid not pregnant and then you caught it whilst you're pregnant whilst you're not pregnant you might have been absolutely fine you might have felt unwell but okay but being pregnant and having a lot more of sort of a battle on your hands to try and fight it off you bec could become a lot more unwell than you may have done previously. Mm. And it's the same with the flu. Um, and the whooping cough is actually to cover baby after the mm -hmm. baby's born, yeah. um, more so than covering yourself, uh, which does usually get explained to you. Yes. Booking appointment. I had <laughs> I that I had that about oh gosh, I think I had that about twenty weeks. I think weeks I had it just ago. as yeah. I got back from yeah. my, my holiday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ages ago. Um, so yeah, similar to the whooping cough vaccine, um, there has been sort of information released that there is some suggestion that the COVID vaccine antibodies will pass across to the baby as well. Amazing. Which is really good for them mm. in early life. I don't actually know when they, at what age they give the COVID vaccine to yeah, children. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't kept up with that side of things. Mm -hmm. I've only sort of kept up with adults and, um pregnancy mm -hmm. um so yeah it's definitely good for babies to have that bit of coverage as well in in their early early weeks and months of and it makes it just makes complete sense to me like the baby is feeding from me and my body and the fuel that I give it so surely and much like any supplementation you know if I was iron deficient that's going to affect my baby I'm not because I'm literally obsessed with yeah. supplementation and eating well but you know if I was then that's going to affect my baby in the same way that if I'm not protected for something that I could be protected for surely my baby is therefore not protected and would benefit from the protection I again I'm not if I wasn't pregnant would I be rushing to get my covid jab absolutely not I'm not um yeah. I'm not in a position now in life that I'm concerned about getting COVID. The majority of my life is very solitary. Um, I work from home alone and I walk my dog, you know, and that kind of thing. You've so probably had COVID at some point as well. I have. Like, I've had it. I've point, had it at least like once. The whole population must have had COVID at least absolutely, once. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the so our antibodies are going to be there, of course. Exactly. But that doesn't mean that we're covered for new strains, and and no, that's why. I'm a, an advocate for getting flu jab every year and, and that and certainly when I was more in a public sector where I was you know mixing with people more regularly I was I was always getting my flu jab because I'm asthmatic but regardless um I was I was never worried about it I was just interested to know if there had been any progress or um research to show that the baby would get some antibodies and that's really good to hear so guys you know don't wait to be told to get one um my midwife one of the mid midwives that I've seen <laughs> wasn't actually she didn't push me to do it she didn't actually suggest that I go ahead and try and book it she just said oh because because you're asthmatic and you're pregnant you will be eligible sooner than you think um and it was only off my own back that I went looking so if you are pregnant um then definitely go looking for it so last week was it last week yeah last week I had my 32 week or was it my 31 yeah. sorry 31 uh, week 32 i think it's a mixture of 31 32. <laughs> <laughs> i haven't got my little fall and the midwife's work it's usually 31 32 hold on i've got my little card here she wrote it all in. 31 weeks i had it yeah. so two weeks ago i had it um it was very brief um it's this the the measurement that i had done that we spoke about last time uh, everything was bang where it should be again so that was very good and the only other thing which I wanted to mention which I have told friends and they thought it was very very funny was when she was just about to measure the baby um did the heartbeat and with the Doppler and everything like that 
she naturally, of course, what you would expect, had a feel about where the baby was. Now, at 28 weeks, the baby was still in breech position, which is where the head is kind of under your ribs and your feet are near um, the passageway you're going to give. downwards. Pointing downwards, <laughs> right, there we go. And um, so this time I lay down, she had a feel, and she said, oh, great, baby's head is in permission, in position. And I said, what do you mean it's in position? She said, well, the, the baby's not breech anymore. So well, what, what, what's it doing that for? I don't want it to be ready. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not ready. And I had this total freak out moment where she used the words, oh, the baby's in the right position. And, and it just immediately made me think, I was like, the baby can't come yet. Like, nope, the, what is going on? And I had this total freak out and she, she just sort of had a laugh and, to herself and was, don't, on it. calm down the baby isn't coming it's very normal at this point of pregnancy for the baby to be you know getting into the right position and with the head down um don't worry it doesn't mean the baby's like imminently coming I was like you sure because I'm so not ready (laughs) um so that was that was quite a moment I could and Ollie wasn't with me because he was working away so it was a moment of pure fear that I encountered um but was reassured that at, at this point 30 weeks well 31 weeks would you say Charlotte that's definitely normal yes 100% normal mm. babies turn all the they turn up until they're ready to come more common with second babies that they turn later in pregnancy if they are breech or what mm-hmm. have you but yeah definitely normal and you are most likely for it to now stay head down they tend to, once they get head down, especially with first babies, um, and once they're engaged as well, because um, a first baby can be engaged from sort of 35, 36 weeks. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean the baby is coming if it's engaged. Don't okay. worry. Good. So if, the, if, if the midwife says your baby's engaged at 35, 36 weeks, don't panic about it. It is so what normal. Does... And they just, they just don't tend to move from that position then. Mm-hmm. They just stay where they are, which is handy. What does engaged mean? So engaged means the head is fully in the pelvis. Um, and okay, it's that's scary. Not, not quite <laughs> pushing on the cervix, but it's mm-hmm. it's in a position where it's not gonna go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, that's with first babies. With second babies, they bob around a little bit. They can be engaged mm-hmm. and then unengaged and then engaged again. And okay. Yeah, first babies right. they tend to go in and stay in. And does that? Do, do you have any kind of physical um, indication? Like, and people keep saying, oh, you've got ages, you haven't dropped yet. What does that mean on top <laughs> of, you know, is there any physical indication that the baby is engaged? It sounds like it's going to take off like a bloody rocket. <laughs> it's not going to take <laughs> off, don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, so when people say you've dropped, they tend to refer to your bump dropping down, which is usually when the baby's head drops into the pelvis. Right. You may find that you have the sensation of needing to go to the toilet a lot more because of where the head is and the pel- um, the bladder, sorry. Um, and you might feel like you need to go to the toilet, you go to the toilet and hardly anything comes out, but it's mm-hmm. because the baby's head is not allowing much space for your bladder anymore. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women describe it as having a bowling ball between their legs. <laughs> in the nicest way possible they say that once it sort of goes right into the pelvis it just you can feel it down there yeah I can't I can't say I've ever felt that myself so no. I don't know 100% that's but interesting what women have told me they feel like it's just it's very heavy and you can feel it down there well when I have that feeling I will be sure to let you all know but at the moment (laughs) no not yet Um, but something that I did want to come on to was something that I I don't think I realized that the this is what it was until it started happening very sporadically but but more noticeably again not with pain it was just more of a moment and that's what I would call it a moment of just feeling really uncomfortable um and that would be Braxton Hicks contractions. Now, I've, of course, it, 
it only really dawned on me at the end of last week that that's what it could be. Having been following pregnancy apps that track, you know, now you're 33 weeks pregnant, etc, etc, and what could be happening in this moment, something popped up on one of my apps, which when I was first pregnant, I was completely obsessed with, but now I've kind of got later on in pregnancy and life is busy, I haven't really been consistently watching. And I logged on to one and, and it said something about Braxton Hicks. I didn't even read it. And I thought, oh, I wonder if those moments that I've been having of just feeling like, oh, God. And it's and it's not a period pain. I can't relate it to that. It's just just feel a feeling that just doesn't feel comfortable. Like it's not painful. It's not sharp. It's nothing like a period pain. It just feels oh, that's, I wish that would stop, that kind of thing. Um, so then I read about Braxton Hicks and the causes and the frequency, and it just all made sense. So to give you some um, perspective on the inconsistency, the most consistent that I have noticed it is when I first get into the gym in the morning, because my morning routine in the gym, before I kind of get into a workout, my warm-up routine is the same regardless of what I do. So um, especially coming into the winter months, I warm up for at least 20 minutes. I've always been a massive advocate for warming up properly. So literally the first thing I do is get on um, a bike erg or a what bike, if you know what one of those is. And I sit on that for 10 minutes, really kind of just playing around with the resistance a little bit, making sure that I'm nice and warm, my breathing rate goes up, etc. And I would say it's probably been just over a couple of weeks, maybe three, where within the first three minutes of moving consistently, I noticed this kind of uncomfortable moment that I have. And as soon as now I've realised that I think that it's Braxton Hicks, reading about it, one of the suggestions was, if you're active and it comes on, stop moving. If you're sedentary and it comes on start moving and either or should kind of counteract the pain or the problem so since knowing previously I've just kind of kept going because I was just like oh god this is really annoying like I hope it goes actually since reading about it and stopping it might be seconds that I stop for but it goes immediately it's amazing um the only other times I've had it is when I've been sat on the sofa and I've just had to kind of change position a little bit to open my open my pelvis up a little bit you know sit with my legs wide or um just take a few deep breaths or just stand up momentarily or um when I've been out walking the dog again just stop standing still momentarily and it tends to go so Charlotte tell us a bit more about Braxton Hicks and, and why and what it's all about Braxton Hicks they're a really strange thing because they're actually a bit of a sort of unknown entity which sounds really bizarre so there's obviously been research done on it but as far as I'm aware there's no obvious clear reason as to why some women get them some women don't some women get them really early in pregnancy and have them the whole way through pregnancy some people might have them right at the end and some people don't experience them at all um there's a suggestion that they are sort of practice contractions, but they aren't contractions that are doing anything. Mm. Um, you may find that you're, when you're experience, experiencing it, your tummy and abdomen get very tight. Like everything sort of tightens up yep. a little bit mm. and goes quite hard mm-hmm. and then relaxes. But it, like you said, it's not, it's not crampy. It's not low down. It's not muscular. It's, just sort of your abdomen it goes very hard and very tight and then right. relaxes and some mm-hmm. people can get them um sort of they can start later in pregnancy and then eventually turn into labor but that doesn't tend to be the case with mm. Braxton Hicks a lot of the time people say that they shouldn't be painful but from speaking to women a lot of women do say that they are actually quite uncomfortable sometimes yeah mm. but they shouldn't be painful in the sense there should be no sharp right stabbing pains or anything Mm -hmm. like that or really deep cramping pains Mm -hmm. if you're experiencing Braxton Hicks which tend to be really irregular there's no sort of pattern as such to them in the sense that when you start contracting you'll start contracting sort of once every 10 minutes and it won't stop um with Braxton Hicks you might get a few in half an hour and then 
literally nothing for right days, days. On end. yeah um but they're a bit of, they're a very strange thing um some people suggest that it's due to hydration as well if you're not mm-hmm. hydrated enough yeah i read can't that imagine can't imagine you are dehydrated absolutely not. not the type of person to ever be dehydrated <laughs> you're like one of the most hydrated people i know yes that um, is true and yeah some sometimes it is suggested that it's where you're being really active sometimes it's where you're not active mm-hmm. um i can imagine from your research as well you didn't really get an overly clear answer as to what they are or what remedies them and that's no. because we don't really know that much about them yeah it was really but that's what I found quite interesting is yeah. that there was quite a lot of vagueness around it yeah and much like anything I think it's we've spoke I think we've spoken about this before in that pain is very perceptive it's very subjective to an individual so what some people you know um, might find excruciating others will say oh it wasn't so bad you know so I think that's something when it comes to labor when it comes to pregnancy when it comes to anything related Braxton Hicks being one of those things it's definitely going to be personal to each woman and yeah. so when I have said that I'm not in pain when I'm having this I'm definitely not in pain but there have been moments when I've had these um kind of uncomfortable moments where I've said oh god you know like I'm not saying it's all singing all dancing happy days but I also am not in excruciating pain thinking shit this isn't right like I need to go to a hospital like it's not been like that at all um yeah so yeah but again I think that you know I've read in nearly every bit of information that I've read about Braxton Hicks which really bothers me much like anything that you won't be in pain when you have them and I actually think that that's quite misleading because some women might be in pain yeah Yeah. I think it tends to be like you said pain is really subjective to the person I think when we say pain we think more like actual pain rather than uncomfortable yeah I guess again everyone has a difference between what I might feel uncomfortable someone might say that that's really painful Mm -hmm. and vice versa Mm -hmm. um but like you said when it's sort of uncomfortable it catches you off guard and you're like oh oh okay and then it kind of goes but I think if it was like okay that's that's not okay Mm-hmm. I would sort of say that's the difference between pain and uncomfortable. And <laughs> I, I think... say that very lightly because, again, it's so subjective. Right. But like you said, everyone says they're not painful. But actually, I think for some women, and speaking to other women, a lot of women do say they are actually quite uncomfortable sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I can relate this to anything. And it's something that I... When I was reading this and I got annoyed about them you know clear I hate to say it but it was either a person that had never experienced pregnancy or a man had written oh they're never painful (laughs) um but in the same way that I have lived my athletic journey throughout my life putting myself in really uncomfortable places you know pushing myself my mind my body to things that most people wouldn't even dream about doing once in their life let alone on a daily basis so what I deem to be uncomfortable is something that I am now resilient to so I know for example having been um a a one-to-one personal trainer uh, for a long time as well something that I would perceive as this means we're making progress something feels a bit uncomfortable you know when we're lifting weights I can feel the muscle working I've had experiences with clients across the years that say oh my god that's so painful or ow like I'm stopping that's horrible and I you know naturally in my head my thought is don't be so ridiculous like that but feel the burn and enjoy the burn (laughs) exactly like this is good burn you know this isn't this isn't bad pain but again thinking about it on on a broader spectrum what I perceive to be painful is going to be different for everyone especially when you haven't had those experiences before so for me and that's another reason that for me I have really been able to take birth um and what's to come with a bit of a pinch of salt and I'm not saying that all women are going to be like me and and I I I do see myself as being quite lucky because I am mentally resilient but I know a massive part of how I'm feeling about 
the looming, you know, unknown, which will be my my labour, um, is because f- throughout my life I have put myself in through some really mental, physical challenges that I can't know the result of. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't know how I'm going to react. I don't know what's going to happen. But I've got on with it because I've looked towards the the end goal, the end result. Um, so again, you know, who knows what labor will be like. I'm hoping uh, for a certain way of things going, which I'm going to talk about in, in our next episode, Charlotte, because my next appointment with my midwife is to discuss the birth plan. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about that next time. But um, yeah, I think I think, yeah, it just really bothered me reading that. And I wanted to, I, I'm glad that you agree. I had no doubt that you wouldn't. Um, but wanted to sort of say it out loud to reassure women that, you know, whether you train or whether you don't, if you're having these pains and they're really uncomfortable, like speak up about it, like, ask someone. And if they say, um, oh, they're just Braxton Hicks, they shouldn't hurt, tell them to fuck off and <laughs> <laughs> ask them ask them if they have your same uterus because I they don't and they don't have exactly. that same feeling. So, um Maybe don't tell your midwife to fuck off. Do you know what? No, I'm not. I'm I'm going with it. If you want to tell them to fuck off, tell them to fuck off. <laughs> oh dear. But yes. Um, so yeah, that's definitely been a part of my life for the last few weeks. But again, nothing that I've been worried about. Just found it. It's just amazing, you know, like how my body... I just I keep looking back on and you know the journey that is pregnancy the journey that is my life and how our bodies just just are so resilient and they adapt to everything that we throw at them whether it's ill health good health challenge you know it's we are just so incredible and when I say we I mean women women definitely yeah. women only women <laughs> But yeah, if you are a man listening to this, <laughs> I'm really proud Amazing. of you for listening. It, it, it helps you appreciate the women in your life. Absolutely. And understanding what they go through. Yeah, completely, completely. So to bring it back to training, um, naturally when I wasn't very well, I actually did what I wouldn't normally do. Um, I think, I and I said this to a few people, if I was feeling a bit under the weather with a cold, just like the rest of my life, I would probably get up and go to the gym. The session wouldn't be as intense or as long as normal, but I would go and move just because it's part of my day, good for my head, etc. Um, but this time round, because I was feeling so rough and tired and I didn't go to the gym for over a week and it, it started to get frustrating in the fact that being heavier... Um, and feeling less capable as I get bigger. Um, moving my body on a daily basis in whatever way I wanted to at the gym, going out for a walk, etc. It really helps. It really helps me physically and mentally to get through this pregnancy of the uncomfortable moments and days and and times where you are frustrated. It really helps. So I got to the end of that week and I was like, I just want to go back to the gym, you know. Okay, I'm going to go tomorrow, see how I get on, put no pressure on myself. Even if I'm there for like 20 minutes, that's fine. And I ended up having such a good session. My nose was still streaming. And I think you mentioned earlier, Charlotte, that women experience um, more nasal congestion. And I would agree with that, something that I have definitely noticed. Um, But it made me feel both mentally and physically, so much better. So it was great to get back to training. And not much has changed since week 28. Yes, I'm bigger, but I haven't had to change anything, really. Um, I'm still... I would say that there are... Since having the problem with my knee, which I think I spoke about last time, um, just as a reminder, um, my meniscus which is essentially the flat piece of cartilage underneath your kneecap that brings together um the the two main bones in your leg behind your kneecap um just had a bit of irritation and because of the 
relaxing hormone that goes wild when you're pregnant. Um, it had caused some um, hypermobility at my knee. So I had to stop any compression-based exercises like lunges, squats, anything impacting, um, not that I was running, but you know anything that could potentially impact it to make it tear, I had to stop doing. And so since that point, I, there is kind of a collection of exercises that I go through in terms of CrossFit that I use on a rotation nearly every session. And I would say the two pieces of cardio equipment that I'm still using and loving are the bike. I was told that that's absolutely fine. And the ski erg. Um, if you're doing the ski erg right, then you will know that it's not a squatting movement. It's a hinging movement. And again, so that's not compressing my knee, which is perfect. So I'm really enjoying that. I haven't been able to row for weeks purely because of the bump getting in the way. And I think fair play if I see pregnant women rowing. Like I haven't been able to do that. I'm talking like from early 20s. It felt weird and there was some severe coning going on. So I stopped that a long time ago. But otherwise, the things that I'm that I am still doing are I'm also pushing a sled. I really enjoy doing that. Um, there isn't any compression there. Pushing drives through my glutes and my hamstrings so that's good and then just some dumbbell work anything with a dumbbell where I'm hinging from the hips good morning snatches um avoiding doing anything too much of a bounce like a push press or anything but um yeah uh, kettlebells are great as well so there is still an abundance of things that I can do and so I'm still really enjoying the gym and I'm still doing a bit of bodybuilding basic stuff with some of the machines as well um more controlled movement accessory work what crossfitters would call it so training is still good and I'm still enjoying it but not much has changed the the biggest changes have come because of my knee problem so but yeah coming on to what else is going on in the world of pregnancy and training this was something that happened basically the week after we last spoke charlotte and it was an awesome read and it was a bit of a a bit of an like inwardly proud moment for me not in the sense that it was anything to do with me because it's not but just made me really excited to think that this is now becoming more of a general population need requirement to make sure that pregnant women and and women um, post-birth are getting enough exercise and they're also getting the guidance that they need regardless of their, um, you know, the availability of exercise to them, perhaps um, other reasons like cultural reasons or, you know, uh, their finances, etc. So Sport England and the National Lottery have invested over £300,000 to develop a couch to fitness pre and postnatal programme, which is completely free. They are six week programmes that offer three sessions a week at around 30 minutes each. They are expert led. Um, they are also endorsed by my favourite active pregnancy foundation, which means it is completely up to date with all the current research that has been um, endorsed by all the doctors and professionals that are involved with the active pregnancy foundation, which is totally awesome. And the best thing about it is it's completely free and available to anyone in the UK. And it's this is something much like um, Charlotte, I'm sure you know about um you know, the couch to 5k, which the NHS do, do. that is available to anyone to download. And I don't think that this is going to be screamed about enough. Um, It's not something that I've seen any leaflets for midwife hasn't mentioned it. This is something that I think women should be knowing about, like at their first booking appointment. It's so exciting. The fact that it is free and for everybody, um, and expert created is just amazing. I mean, knowing this now, Charlotte, um, if you were still practicing, do you think it would be something that regardless of what you were told that you would be um, telling new mums about? Yeah, definitely. It's something that I would 100% shout about. Um, I think you with, with your booking and stuff like that, you go through so much information. Um, but then I think that you don't go through 
enough of the you go through so much of information about medical history and details and everything mm-hmm. like that but you don't really go over what you should do in pregnancy mm-hmm. like you get told mm-hmm. the things you shouldn't do and you get told you should keep moving but actually I think something like this and being told about this at your booking appointment yeah okay probably most women would forget about it because they've just sat there for an hour and a half probably feeling sick and talking so much mm-hmm. But then if you tell them again that like their 16-week appointment and when they're starting to feel a bit better because they've got over that first trimester and they are feeling better in themselves, they might think, oh, actually that's a really good idea to get to keep my fitness up to make me feel better in myself, but also something that I can then try and carry on postnatally as well. Because yeah. I'm assuming they've adapted it for people that have vaginal births or people that have cesareans. Yeah. Um, there probably is a filter in the app to say... If you've had a cesarean, do these kind of exercises because obviously mm-hmm. there's, there's certain ones you shouldn't do because Absolutely. of abdominal surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I think it's I think it's an amazing thing, and I would one hundred percent be telling all of my women about it. They'd get yeah. sick, they'd get sick of hearing it. <laughs> I think the main thing for me, I mean, as someone who is fully committed and 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 happy to invest in a coach that I feel is appropriate for me, my sport, where I want to be throughout pregnancy postnatally etc something like this would probably come to me but and I'd be pleased about it but I wouldn't use it but I think the people that need this kind of thing are those that wouldn't actively go and seek advice about exercise in pregnancy from the right professional and also those that perhaps are more at risk so for example we know that women that are um, obese or have diabetes or other health concerns that exercise in pregnancy is hugely advised to also have a healthier pregnancy a healthier baby a healthier postpartum all those experiences a better birth like a safer birth and all of that so for those especially that's something that came to my mind when I first read this this would be an amazing free tool that it would take less than 30 seconds for a midwife to say to someone who is obese or that has diabetes or some other health um, concern um, that would benefit from exercise do you know what don't have a clue don't worry about it just download this app it will show you exactly what to do and it will benefit you and the problems that you may occur if you don't do this so you don't even need to think about it literally like it would take midwives seconds so I really truly hope that it's something um now I know from having spoken to Pip and been chatting to the guys at the Active Pregnancy Foundation that they are trying to become more involved in early stages of midwifery um, education that it is something that is encouraged or not even just encouraged it should just be part of almost like the midwifery curriculum of what they share with their um, patients I think some of it comes from I don't think we've spoken about it but I feel like we have potentially spoken about it in the past at some point the stigma around talking to women that are overweight um and are larger ladies and actually talking to them about fitness mm-hmm. and there's almost that awkwardness like you feel like you can't mention it yeah because you don't want someone to take offense to it 100 but then the other end of the spectrum if someone's underweight people feel very comfortable to say well you need to make sure you're eating more mm-hmm. because you're not you don't weigh enough at the moment mm-hmm. um and i think it's it's breaking that stigma barrier as well um the way I see it is someone in the in the fitness industry um you know it's deemed to us to do the work but actually whose responsibility is it to call these people out well it's people in healthcare and it's it's people you know we're talking about pregnancy here as a midwife it should be your responsibility to look after the health of that new mum and of that baby and if that means encouraging them look you your BMI is is above where it should be to to guarantee a completely healthy pregnancy you are now in the high risk group you are going to be consultant led all of those things what what else is it going to take for someone to say actually exercise is the best thing for you rather than skating around um the awkwardness of it I totally agree with you it is something that there is a stigma around it and it's and 
I understand why that stigma is there because we don't want to fat shame people. We don't want to make people feel incredibly uncomfortable and insecure about something that most people in those instances do. But it is definitely the responsibility of healthcare professionals to say, this is where you're at. This is the consequence of that. Let's do something about it. Here you go. Here's something free to do that doesn't require you to go out and run you know it's all the stuff that you can do at home in the comfort of your own home without feeling you know and I know that's a big thing for a lot of people um both men and women especially doing what I do I've seen it so much over the years that there is this real uncomfortable feeling about exercising in public because they just feel so uncomfortable in their own skin well this is perfect you don't need to go anywhere you can do it in your own home as well yeah exactly so yeah I mean I will of course I will put the link in um in the notes the episode notes and I would love to know if any of you that perhaps are listening that aren't that aren't capable of training for whatever reason you know perhaps their pregnancy hasn't allowed for it or they're just not into training at the moment and um you know I want to make sure that yes this podcast primarily was created to talk about exercise in pregnancy and those extremes of that specifically more crossfit my sport but i also want to make it completely accessible for everybody so people that perhaps even if it's someone that you know that is not exercising or perhaps is struggling with their health because of obesity or diabetes or something else then send them along to this podcast, send them along to Couch to Fitness, pre, prenatal, postnatal. I think it's awesome. And the fact that, you know, there's so many people out there wanting to share and help people now, especially when it comes to pregnancy and being healthy and fit, is just so exciting. So um, well done to Sport England. I'm super proud of that. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and now I'm just going to go completely in another direction but um so I as always I'm always searching the web for sort of nuggets of enlightenment I said I guess the best way to put it in relation to exercise in pregnancy and something that after the last episode which um I think Charlotte you said that you've listened to with um Sam Brown and we yes. spoke heavily about miscarriage and as a bit of a taboo subject um a lot of women got in touch with both me and Sam said the same for her um who were really grateful about her honesty and you know us sharing a really difficult and traumatic time for for any woman And something that we haven't really spoken about, because it's not something that is particularly personal to me right now, is postpartum and prenatal depression. And so I think this is something that I would like to talk about in a a full episode, because I think it's really important, again, to remove the stigma around these things so that people don't feel ashamed and embarrassed and, and like they've done something wrong about having... Um, poor mental health around their pregnancies but something that really excited me was this study that I found so it's a 2019 study which actually collated a collection of in meta studies um, I think I, I had without looking it was it was a huge collection of studies that equated to n- 93,676 women, um, pregnant women. And essentially, they looked at when they were exercising and then postnatally, if exercise had any impact on their postpartum depression score. Um, So the title of this study was Physical Activity During Pregnancy and Postpartum Depression. As always, I will share the link. So if you want to read the full information about how the study was comprised and everything else, I just wanted to read you a really short extract from the results, which I thought was so lovely to read. And in my eyes, yeah, it kind of doesn't, it is a bit of a no brainer, but for some people might not be quite so um, obvious. So, um, physical activity during pregnancy, um, 
in these women indicated a significant reduction in postpartum depression scores for women who were physically active during pregnancy relative to those who were not active. Um, there are a lot of numbers here. I'm not even going to try and pretend that I know what that mean. Um, but ultimately, that alone, just that sentence alone, um, is amazing. So to know that if you were active in pregnancy being very unspecific about what, because I haven't read the full study. But if you were active in pregnancy, the likelihood of your postpartum depression goes down significantly. And I mean, that's that alone is another reason for women who perhaps are a little bit more prone to ill mental health. You know, if you've suffered previously in your life or if you're suffering now for whatever reason, um, exercise has been proven regardless of whatever stage of life you're in, whether it's pregnancy or not, to improve um, depression symptoms. Um, and and I know that you, with with you sharing your story as well, Charlotte, this will be, um, I, I know you will be a huge advocate for exercise, um, overcoming depression. Yeah, 100%. I was, um, as you were just talking about it, I was just thinking um, about how, especially postnatally, I think, women kind of get a little bit forgotten about um and we're obviously at the moment talking about pregnancy because you're still pregnant um but actually I don't think I ever once heard a midwife or admittedly myself um say to women after they've had the baby and we've left them on day 10 I don't think it ever got mentioned that they should start moving like mm. at all mm-hmm. and they you see us until 10 days. Yes, if we if there's red flags that we think that there could be a sign of depression or someone developing anxiety or depression after pregnancy, we will see, see you for longer. Um, but after those 10 days, you see the doctor at six weeks. I mean, sometimes you don't even see them. My friend got a telephone call at her six-week appointment for the doctor to say, are you okay? Yep, you're great. You can do what you want now. Um so you don't actually get any support in mm. exercise or activity or anything like that postnatally, which I think is another thing that really, really needs to be pushed. Yeah, and yeah. Encouraging people to definitely not go and work out, like don't have a baby and then work out straight away. Like that's silly, but like just get moving. And I think in your episode where you spoke to midwife Pip um, and she said that after a few weeks, she would just get up and walk around the block for 10 minutes and she said that she found that so helpful Mm. to get in moving and for her mental health again like for her mental health as well and just feeling better in herself um I think that is definitely something that needs to be thought about as well because Mm. like you said it is so important and exercise and activity just helps so much with your mental well-being yeah even if you don't suffer from anxiety or depression it just uplifts you like right. you never reg- you never regret a workout no never. no yeah you just yeah. don't because of the hormones that get released you always come away feeling better than you did mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. totally and I think absolutely there will be episodes that I want um this is not something that I'm just gonna do throughout pregnancy um I'm sure you guys have probably figured that out by now but it's a question that I keep getting asked you know please don't let these episodes stop just because you've had the baby and it's called CrossFit versus pregnancy no 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 I promise it won't because there's a whole new journey to be had there and share um but so we will definitely definitely talk about um getting back to activity postpartum at whatever extreme but you're so right um you know whether it be throughout pregnancy or postpartum there needs to be an emphasis put on not just physical health for you and the baby but how being active can have such a positive effect on your mental health and hey look point proven in this huge study of nearly a hundred thousand women um that shows that being active in pregnancy significantly um reduces your postpartum depression scores i mean if that's not another reason to exercise if you're not already then i don't know what is you know like apart from the health benefits for you and your baby physically but having good mental health in a time that is really physically and mentally demanding for any woman, even if you have the most straightforward pregnancy, 
it's it's got to be beneficial, right? You know, pregnancy it's, it's paramount. Like absolutely, you, you can't if your cup is empty, you can't give. You need your cup to be full to be able mm-hmm. to give to anyone else, your baby, your partner, your friends, mm-hmm. and yeah, definitely exercise is so paramount and your mental well being in that. So like I said, I think I'm definitely, definitely going to talk more um, about depression, postpartum and, and, you know, in prenatal as well. I think it's really important. So guys, it's given me the perfect opportunity to ask you to reach out. If you've had an experience of either, please share your stories because much like what so many of you got in touch about how much it was, you were so grateful to hear Sam's story about her really traumatic experience of miscarriage I know that there are women out there um certainly you know in a country that is so open to all of these problems now let alone in other cultures where women have to hide away but if you are having or have had an experience of prenatal or postnatal depression um and if you're a man as well and you've experienced it get in touch tell us your story it will not only um, inspire and help those listening but it will also help to reassure and normalize it for those that have, have also been through it so if you feel that you can just reach out drop me a message you can also get in touch at my email which is info at mishapd.com i'll put all the socials in the episode notes as well and you know if you don't want me to share things on the podcast but you just want to kind of open up to me or charlotte we're here and and I'm more than happy to listen to anyone that wants to share any kind of highs or lows that you are experiencing, have experienced in pregnancy. I think it's so important for us all to learn from everyone's experience because otherwise we can all stick to what we know and that's it's a pretty ignorant world we would live in if it was like that. So um, we like to share. Um, But yeah I mean I'm so grateful um that we managed to fit so much in today yes we I know we've spoken for a long time again but um there was a lot to talk about um and I haven't even mentioned which I will very briefly um because I can't leave today's episode without talking about it um yesterday my most incredibly and naughty and very good liars of friends threw me a surprise baby shower. Oh, <laughs> um, I will give you a very brief uh, story. So um, a good friend of mine who I've actually mentioned on the podcast before, she's my sports therapist. I've known her for since I've lived in Hereford. Her name is Faith. Um, we had arranged to go for Sunday dinner yesterday um for our christmas do i guess because she's self-employed i'm self-employed let's get together and have like a christmas meal um and sort of celebrate christmas together so that was what i thought i was going to yesterday um it all started getting a bit weird when she took a turn that i wasn't expecting her to talk to take and i was like where are you going mate like you're completely going in the wrong direction (laughs) I'm not stupid. And she was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I totally didn't tell you that we're going somewhere different. I didn't want to tell you that we were coming to this place because I didn't think that you would get dressed up. And I still wanted to kind of like get dressed up and feel Christmassy and glamorous. I mean, I'm not saying I was in a ball gown, but, you know, like more than just what we would probably usually wear, which is our gym stuff. Um, So I was like, okay, fair enough. Still a bit weird, but whatever. Um, anyway, when I turned up, um, I had, there were 10 of us there, um, they'd decorated, we were having Sunday lunch all together, it was really, really lovely, I will share some photos in the coming days on my socials for you all to see, I was so overwhelmed, um, when I first got there, and so confused, probably, and overwhelmed for the first 30 minutes, um, I cried a lot. I, my friends were all really happy to see me cry, which is lovely of them also. Um, But it was just amazing and I felt thoroughly spoiled and it was exactly what I would, my, my friends know me well. There was no tack, there was no silly, stupid games that I would, wouldn't have (laughs) want to play. It was all 
very perfect. We sat, we had a meal, we had laughs. We did play one game, which was really good. And I'm just, honestly, any of you that are listening that either contributed to the gifts that were there, I'm so completely overwhelmed still and grateful for such wonderful kind people um so thank you it was lovely um and charlotte i'll send you some pictures it was very cute it sounds sounds really really nice and one thing that some of you may not have heard of because i didn't know what the hell it was when i first got there and i was still in a bit of a state faith passed me this little parcel and said open this and put it on so i was like okay (laughs) so like ripped it open this well actually she kept telling me me open the open the present because I was like not <laughs> focused at all anyway it was it's basically this like uh false flower garland thing and she okay. said put it on and I was like what what where am I putting this like around my head <laughs> what do I do with it and she's like no it's a bump sash so Again, I will show you in pictures, but essentially it was it's really cute and I've now attached it to the cot in our um, nursery. Um, but it's a garland that you kind of put right at the top of your bump, underneath your boobs, in that like dent that yeah. wraps around your bump and it's my it's yeah, it was just super cute. Instead of it Aww. being some like tacky sash that said, you know, like mum to be or anything. Be. By the way, if you're into all that, I'm not I'm not slating you at all. You do you. But it was really lovely. And um, yeah, again, I'll put a picture of me up wearing it. It was very cute. So. Aw, that sounds lovely. I felt very special. Anyway, so um, thank you as always for joining me, Charlotte. We'll be back soon, hopefully. And um, I hope that you have a good few weeks and I will definitely speak to you soon. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me always a pleasure and to everyone listening thank you for your patience thank you for joining us please get in touch um, with any of your stories or questions always here and i love to hear from you but for now thank you and i will be back soon take care bye, bye.